You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. What kind of meat is in there? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. They're really good. Um, you know, they've been good for a long time. Uh, you know, I think Dan Quinn does a great job. They're very good defensively. They got some really good, you know, great. Uh, Jarrett is a really good player. Um, Jones. Keanu Neal, all those guys on defense, they're really fast on defense. Um, and offensively, you know, they've got Julio Jones and, uh, you know, obviously Matt Ryan, and, and they run the ball really well. They've got five first-rounders in the offensive line. So uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good test for us. We'll need our, our crowd nice and loud for them, and uh, hopefully we can uh, slow them down a little bit. Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North. Mike Zimmer going through... Those were Falcons players, I'm going to assume. He was just going over last names. Yep. So it's a little bit tough to Is tell. Is he just reading off a roster? Yep. That reminds me, five or six years ago, seven years ago, when Judd Zolgad used to host the Tubby Smith show on 1500 ESPN. <laughs> and, yes. and Tubby Smith... Tubby Smith. This is the greatest. Would go through, they would do this weekly show, and was it you and Grimmer that would do it together? It was Grimmer and I, yes. Yeah. And and Tubby would, so he would, the, the SID would hand him a stack of papers about the upcoming opponent, and I want to say one time the Gophers were going to play UMD, I think it was. It was it was a school where he wouldn't know the first thing. So Tubby's like, you know, Grimmer's like, okay, preview the first game against the UMD Bulldogs, and Tubby puts on his glasses, and he's sitting in front of a studio audience, all right? So he takes the stack of papers, and he's like, well, well, um, Larry Heis is a great scorer, averaging 12.8 points per game. <laughs> and Matthew so-and-so is a key rebounder last year. 14, and then he goes, and, and of course, my good friend, the coach, and he, his finger goes up to the coach line. George Smith is a great Such man. Such a good friend. A great Such man. This goes through the whole thing. I had no idea. There was one time where, and I don't remember which team they were playing, but I just remember hearing the story that, so he was about to go do his weekly, uh, like the, the pregame press conference yeah. the day before they play this opponent or whatever. And, and so he asks the SID, he goes, Tubby asks him, well, who's the coach of that team again? And the SID gives him the name of the coach. And then he walks up to the media scrum and uh, just talks about how it's what a great job such and such is doing. And just what a great what a great guy. And like, we've known each other a long time. Have you guys ever seen Veep on HBO? Never, no. Okay, well, she's Selena. Uh, what's her face? She played Elaine on Seinfeld. Uh, Julie Louis Julie Dreyfus. Julie Louis Dreyfus. I don't know why I said she's like the vice president. Then she becomes vice. Then she becomes president. Whatever. So spoiler, spoiler alert. She has like a, she has like a right hand man, like an assistant, and so at every function, every event that she's going to, like as she's walking up to a person, he'll go in her ear and be like, "That is the." Uh, that is the diplomat from such and such a country. And his wife's name is this. And she'd walk up to him, oh, how's your wife? How's your kids? Like she knew, like she knew all this stuff by heart walking into the conversation. I feel like that's that was. what happened with Tubby Smith. Yes, yes. But Zim, I love Zim going through it. Oh, Smith is incredibly tough. I mean, that's going to be. And we need our fans, too. Jones, yes, yes. 
So, all right, here's my big picture Vikings question for you guys. And we will talk plenty of twins on the show. Roy Smalley is going to join us in about 12 or 15 minutes or so. We have a cram session. Cram session making its Tuesday debut here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Do you guys think the Vikings have already peaked under Mike Zimmer? Or do you think they still have more room to grow in their Mike Zimmer winning cycle? I think they've peaked. And the reason I say that is because, to me, the heartbeat of this team is the defense. I know how much they spent on Kirk Cousins, but the heartbeat of this football team is the defense. And it'll go as far as the defense can take them. And the reality of the NFL is, if you don't have guys who are ascending to their primes, or guys who are currently in their primes, they're getting worse. The arrow is pointing down on players who aren't in one of those two phases of their careers. And when you look around the Vikings defense, you got a bunch of guys who are not ascending to their primes. you got a couple who I think are right in the meat of their primes. I think Anthony Barr is right there in the meat of his prime. I think Daniil Hunter is right there in the meat of his prime. But you got some key players on that side of the football. Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I'm missing some guys here. Harrison Smith, who are at or approaching the age of 30 when you tend to have passed your best years in the league and the arrow starts to point down for you. I think that with that many key players on that side of the ball, the arrow pointing down, I don't see how this thing starts going back in the other direction when you talk about the defense. And like I said, this team is only going to go as far as this defense can take them. Hmm. I I think that this is a multi-layered answer in some ways. I think that Rami might be right, that this group has peaked. But depending on how long Zim wants to coach and how long he's given an opportunity to coach here and feeling like he's a pretty good coach, I think there's an opportunity that there's another wave behind this. I think the idea that led to the Cousins signing probably has peaked because this defense is not is not going to get younger. I have fears that after what we saw last year and in the preseason game here against Arizona, that Xavier Rhodes has probably hit a point where he might be declining very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I think the current group, as as far as we say, let's run things back and try again, might have peaked. And I think the Cousins thing m- might not work. We'll definitely find out in the coming weeks and year with a new, uh, a new OC and Gary Kubiak here, Phil. But I don't know the answer is fair to say it has peaked because if this group is given time again, I think that Zimmer probably has one more run of creating a good defense. And if, if you can ever, and we've seen this come close, right? If you can get the offense right, it doesn't have to be great, but if you can get the offense right and a Mike Zimmer-built defense is going at its uh, its best, I think it'd be premature to say it's all done. I think this group might be hard to do it again, but I'm I can't 100% sit here and say that they have to fire this whole staff and that it didn't work with Mike. Yeah, this 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 rock, this Vikings rock is a really hard one to push back up the hill after you've been to an NFC Championship game historically. I mean, you get if if you go back to Denny Green, let's go look at let's go look at the peak for pretty much every post Bud Grant head coach. Uh Brad Childress, 12 and 4 regular season peak and NFC Championship game peak, right? In in 2009 with Brett Favre. And by the way, tomorrow we will drop a a multi-part series about the 2009 Vikings featuring Judd, myself, Sage Rosenfels, Ryan Longwell, Kevin Rogers, the quarterback's coach. That'll, uh, Minnesota Sports Rewind is your place to, to find that. Um, Dennis Green, 15-1 and one was his regular season peak, which is a better peak than 13-3 and three Mike Zimmer in NFC Championship game. 
Jerry Burns went to one NFC Championship game, correct? Yeah, 1987. 80, 87 into, yeah, it was January of 88, if I'm not mistaken. His, and his season, yes. And his regular season peak was 11 and 5. Mm-hmm. So you could make a case. You know, so, I, so Denny Green has the best Vikings coach peak since Bud Grant. But Mike Zimmer has the second best Vikings coach peak, if you include regular season record and NFC championship game, since Bud Grant. And I would just worry that the things that Rami brought up defensively, the Vikings. It's hard to maintain the best defense in the NFL over a multi-year stretch, and they've already kind of come off that perch. Can they get back there? There's big question marks. Okay, if they can't get back there, is the offense good enough? Is Kirk Cousins good enough to rise up? Can Kirk Cousins become a top-10 quarterback with all the things that they're surrounding him with? And I'm skeptical. I, I'm i not skeptical. I think they make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a team that can beat anyone on any given night or day. Mostly day because at night it gets dicey for Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but like if it's a noon a game, you know, if it's a noon game, can they move all their games to noon? I think he just has bad night vision. Like there's some be. people who just can't drive at night. Could their, be. Their eyes Bright lights, big city, Rami. Their eyes just don't adjust. Has anyone ever checked him for that? They should. Might be something they to have look into. Exactly. Yeah. But Mike Zimmer's peak is 13 and three in an NFC Championship game, and he would have to reach the Bud Grant level as a Vikings coach. To move that ball if they go back, further up that hill. If they, they go back after this year, let's say it goes okay, but not great. Okay? Playoff. Playoff birth, first mm-hmm. round loss. Something like that. Are you guys convinced that if they give, especially Mike, one more shot, that he couldn't come back, not with, with this entire group, but much of this group gone, and get in one more shot... Do it again, or at least take that chance where you feel pretty good about the opportunity. Well, I'll, I'll answer your question by saying I'm not looking to fire Mike Zimmer right now. Now, if the wheels come off and they go five and eleven, and everything is a da- disaster, and it just whoa, that it's like the 2011 Twins, where whoa, that roster got old, and it's time to hit the reset button. Okay, then we can reevaluate. But I'm not actively looking to fire a guy whose basement is seven and nine in his you know half a decade here with the Vikings to this point. I just don't know, and this was one of the, the discussions we had today on Score North Live, Matthew Collar and myself. This is year two of a three-year competitive window. Like, you you committed yourself to a three-year competitive window when you gave Kirk Cousins the contract that you gave him. If the improvement, if first of all, if there is no improvement, or if it's only minimal from Kirk Cousins for all the changes that you made around him this year, bringing in Stefanski and Kubiak, and doing what you could to bolster that offensive line... If if the improvement there is only minimal and your defense takes a step back and we're looking at another eight-win season, seven or eight-win season, what does that mean for the third year of this competitive window? How do you – is it a throwaway or is there some way, some something else you can do, some sort of change you can make to get the most out of that third year and well, take one last shot at it? Well, it, it is worth pointing out when you look at just multi-year stretches of, of mediocre win-loss totals – Sean Payton's New Orleans Saints went three straight years between 2014 and 16 of 7-9 and nine and the worst defense in the NFL. And they held on to him. They wrote it out. 7-9 and nine is not a total train wreck. Their defense was a train wreck. But they thought, okay, this guy's still one of the sharpest offensive minds in the NFL. Let's keep reloading the roster. Let's get him a better defense, and let's see what happens. And boom, they've become, again, one of the best teams in the NFL the last couple of years. You could argue they've got screwed out of a chance to win the Super Bowl last year because of a bad pass interference call, right? Yeah. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin, they had multiple years of 8-8 and 
They had back-to-back 8-8 eight and eight seasons in 2012 and 13, and may have even missed the playoffs three years in a row at one point, too. But they kept putting a quarter in Mike Tomlin and kept running him out there, and boom, last year, or two years ago, they went 13. They missed the playoffs last year, but two years ago, they went 13-3. and three. They go back to a, an AFC Championship game the year before that. So, like, don't... Like eight and eight isn't grounds for firing someone here's unless you think there's no path forward. So here, here's where where I struggle with my own point a little bit. You guys, Zimmer is sixty three, so he's no kid. So if you're going to hit the reset button again, let's say that takes him to sixty six or something. My other struggle is this: how much do we sever or hold accountable together, Spielman and Zimmer? Because if you hold them together as one. And the team wins seven games or something. Do you fire Spielman at, at that point? Because he didn't he didn't find a quarterback. He clearly probably was the catalyst in signing Cousins, which didn't work. And say, well, we're not going to hire a GM and force him to take Zimmer. So I I struggle here because I do th- think that this this franchise, especially with Mike here, has found some uh, continuity that we didn't have for a long time. I mean, Childress was a wild card, right, Phil? He'd be good. He'd be bad. He'd be a different guy. The thing I appreciate about Mike is no matter what you think of him, since the day he got here, he has been himself. Like, there's no BS here. And if you like him, that's fine. And if you don't, that's fine. But after seeing lots of coaches and people come through this town to coach and or manage teams, I do think that there's something to be said for seeing someone who is genuine, who is genuine and at the very least, very competent. Like, he knows what he's doing. This is not a train wreck. Well, okay, two-part answer to your So I struggle there, right? here. So... How much do you? How much should you separate? Is is the question? Zimmer and Spielman, right? Well, if I believe Mike Zimmer still knows defense and is an elite defensive coaching mind in the NFL, then my main goal is to get him players in their primes who can fit his defensive philosophies and schemes. So, if I think that it was a mistake to lock up Everson Griffin past the age of 30, if I think it was a mistake to bring Anthony Barr back because he just wasn't the perfect fit, and now you've bloated your salary cap, those are more Rick Spielman mistakes as we look for. They might not be mistakes, by the way. Those might be great moves that turn out to help the Vikings get to the NFC Championship game. And They're on to, him, though, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, that, those, but those moves are personnel moves to me, not that Zimmer has no influence on those. I mean, he would obviously get a say with whoever the GM is, but those are personnel moves. And on the other side, too, when you bring up Okay, if Rick Spielman, if if Kirk Cousins fails to win in primetime again, and if Kirk Cousins is just not worth the $30 million that they paid him, then then obviously uh, Rick Spielman was unable to find a quarterback. And I would disagree with that. I think he found the best quarterback that was available at the time. Agreed. And they had to pay him. Yeah. He found the best quarterback available at the time. And you might say, well, I'd rather pay far less money. I'd rather pay $5 million to Lamar Jackson than $27 million base salary to Kirk Cousins, you know, draft a guy late in the first round. But you weren't getting Baker Mayfield, is my point. You weren't drafting number one overall. Even if you were to, you know, strip the vehicle down to its studs, you weren't drafting Baker Mayfield. You you had to sign Kirk because you never found that guy previously. Now, Teddy, we can debate because his leg blew out. But, you know, with Ponder, and there's, there's, there's there's a long line of Rick's Attempting to find a quarterback from the time that he took over as GM, I believe, in 2012, which, aside from Teddy in that debate, didn't work. And so, so th- this would be a lifetime achievement award firing. But here's, but here's where a quarterback. But on that notion, is it fair to say, as I've been saying in the Kyle Sloter argument for a week and a half now, 
that there's like 25 to 27 quarterbacks who matter in I the, told in you the that world. Was, that seemed inflated to me. Well, what's what's your guys? I'll say 20, there's 25 to 27 quarterbacks that I matter in the 20 world. 20 max. Okay. What do you think, Judd? <sighs> that matter? That are like capable of leading your franchise. Yeah, it's probably it's probably just north of twenty, but not by much. So if we it call might it, not be twenty five. Let's call it twenty three. Right. Let's call it twenty three. Well, let's call it twenty two for an even round number. That means there's ten general managers out there, literally like in the it's a game of musical chairs, and they don't have a chair. But they get fired. But that's my. And that's I'm not my even argument. saying it's fair. We fire those ten general managers. Say, well, you need to find a quarterback. Well, what if they're just are only twenty two in the world and. The guy with the the, the, the twenty the, one of the guys that the, can find the twenty two. Rick Spielman's like the twenty third GM. And by the way, of those twenty two, fourteen of them are flat unavailable, unavailable. They're long term contracts. They're number one overall picks. Whatever it is, the Kirk Cousins are the types that become available. And it's either Kirk Cousins or I don't have a chair. But I do think that there there have been, and we may or may not even know and remember their names. There have to have been guys who had the potential, and a, a perfect example of it, for me at least, I think, David Carr, who got drafted by the Texans, who I think had the potential to be very good, if not great quarterbacks, but weren't put in a position to succeed. I think I think we, we that has to have been the case throughout the course of the history of the NFL. Has to be. So there's probably so, there's 22, and then there's like three that could go... One way or think, another, depending on circumstances. I'm a Jay Cutler apologist and a Bears fan sitting here. Can't wait for Thursday night. But I do think that My Jay, Packers going to beat you. From what I saw from Jay Cutler in Denver compared to the way that that trajectory completely changed course when he got to Chicago, when he had no offensive line, when he had a different crappy offensive coordinator every year, when Devin Hester was his number one wide receiver. Like, try and find me a quarterback who's going to flourish in that environment. So on some level... I think you do have to blame Rick Spielman for not having the infrastructure and the pieces in place to foster a a, a positive environment for a quarterback to give him a chance to flourish and and be the best player that he can be and to and to become a franchise quarterback. And I would argue that he has with defensive personnel with the Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, they've always had um They've always had stuff that gets your roster without a quarterback to seven or eight wins. They just, I mean, that's but the quarterback's the most important thing you exactly. can po- okay. possibly get. But Teddy Bridgewater may have been that guy. And, and we by don't the know. way, by the way, Rick was not good defensively until Mike got here and told him what to do. There's no question about that. We could, but so but, Mike, Mike, and Mike, but, as far but, but, as being the you cook hire, on that side of the ball is fantastic. But if you hire someone smart to to bring your defense to number one overall, that's a that's a positive reflection on your ability as a general manager, not a negative one. No, I know. Oh, I'm going to hire Mike Zimmer as, and build a number one defense. Right, but as far as, to our point, as far as going to get the offensive personnel and the quarterback, and, and here here's the only way that if the Vikings aren't good, I blow out the entire staff. If I feel deep in my heart that this league has gone so to the offensive side of the ball, but I also have to feel like I can then find a personnel guy, and a coach to succeed there. Because you know what I'm not going to do? 
I'm not going to talk to a guy who lived next door to Sean McVay's parents who say Sean likes Teddy from down the street, and so I'm going to hire Teddy. <laughs> that is a that is a strategy these days, by the but, way. But I mean, that's what I'm saying is if I if I'm emboldened and I say this league has gone totally offensive and Mike's style of coaching is really good, but it's not going to be ever be good enough to win us a Super Bowl. Yeah. The only way that I that I go in the other direction is if I'm convinced that I can find the guy that can find me the quarterback and run an offense that can beat the majority of defenses. Yeah. And I don't know that's possible. So and and again, like it's we're, a great discussion. And and we're not. And it's we're sitting here the Tuesday before Week One, and we're gonna let this thing play out all season. And there's a lot of interesting tentacles, and um, we'll see what happens. And by the way, we are the only place in town that has a daily Viking show. It's called Purple Daily, two to four o'clock Mondays through Fridays, and we're adding another daily Viking show that Judd Zolgad's going to be a part of on a daily basis. Hold on, I got more work. You're gonna have more work, especially on Mondays. Because Vikings Ventline is no longer just a once a week show that you hear after Vikings games are over. Yeah. Vikings Ventline starting next Monday will yeah. be a daily Monday through Friday show. Write this down, Judd. Mm-hmm. Starting at 10 o'clock until noon on Mondays after Vikings games and 11 o'clock until noon Tuesday through Friday. He's literally writing this down like he's just finding out about well, it. Set now. your alarm earlier, Judd. I'm writing you know, down you roll out of bed and show up here at like 3.15. Today's word? Renegotiation. <laughs> Much like on Sesame Street, we have a word of the day on Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's renegotiation. Kids, I urge you to look that up because that's what Mr. Zolgad will be doing during the break. So Vikings Vent Line, six days a week, starting this Sunday, immediately after Vikings Falcons. And also, uh, you can find it on the Scornorth mobile app, which is the best place to uh, to find all of is our content. Is that free? The Scornorth mobile app? It is for now. Really? It is for now. Huh. Yes. Are, are my columns free? It's a lot of content for free. For now. For now. Yeah, they're free for I'm now. giving away my columns? I no, mean, collar stuff I know is free, but that's fine. Yeah, for now. Wow. For now. My hard-hitting stuff. So We'll but. talk to Roy Smalley, and that's going to be free when you come back that's here. That's good stuff, yeah. Twins and Red Sox tonight. Roy Smalley joins us next on the all-new Scorner with Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Before we do anything, I want to talk about my friends at Serta Pro Painters. You know, I often express, as most of you know, my frustration with the local teams, right? Well, let me tell you about a team that's in this town that won't let you down. They never will. Those are my friends. Those are the first folks at Serta Pro Painters. I'm thrilled. I mean thrilled by the job they did at my house, making our guest room and bath look like new. Two words come to mind when putting into context what Serta Pro Painters did for me. Professional and thorough. And now guess what? It's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction I did. Hey, fall is a great time to check painting off your to-do list and fall back in love with your home. That's right. Love your indoors again by giving your home a fresh and cozy look this fall. I said cozy with a new coat of paint. It helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated, so it's right here in our community. Schedule your free estimate online at SertaPro.com or by calling 800 go Serta. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from Serta Pro Painters. And again, get your free estimate online, SertaPro.com, or by calling 800-GO-SERTA. That is Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, we do painting, and guess what that means? You get to do life. And uh, before we get to Roy Smiley, let's also talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here, where since 1904, Federated has been helping business owners starting in and around Owatonna, which is where the company is still based to this day, and now reaching out to 49 states and the District of Columbia with a regional office in Phoenix, service centers throughout the country. But everything is centered in Owatonna, uh, just about an hour plus south of the Twin Cities here, where Federated, again, has been helping business owners in multiple different areas, making them as successful as they possibly can be. 
since 1904. You get more than just a policy with Federated. You get a face-to-face relationship, and you get somebody with a rooting interest in the success of your business. To find out more about the industries Federated protects, visit their website, federatedinsurance.com, where you can also find your Federated marketing representative. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And this portion of Mackie and Judd with Rami is brought to you by Doug's Power Equipment up in Blaine. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. And joining us now, as he does every Tuesday right around this time, former twin, now part of the Fox Sports North broadcast of First Place Twins Baseball, Roy Smalley. Roy, how are you this afternoon, sir? I'm great. I'm. Uh, how, how are you guys? How was the weekend? Doing well. Weekend weekend was good. We uh, wrapped up our, our run at the State Fair yesterday. Are you a big State Fair guy, Roy? Did you get out there this year? Uh, I did not. Uh, unfortunately, I was doing uh, ball games when um, my uh, wife and my two little grand two of my grandchildren went out there, and they had a blast, and I missed it. So that was uh, I had mixed emotions about that. Love doing the games, uh, and wished I could have seen my uh, my grandchildren at the fair. I'm sure that they love the food, Roy. <laughs> I'm sure that they you know, ate lots of food. Oh my gosh, and and they wore most of it. <laughs> well, you know what? That way you don't gain weight, Roy. That's the key. It's actually pretty smart. It's ingenious. Yeah, it's it's the uh, it's the right way to do it. Roy, we're we're into September and the Twins are playing meaningful baseball. This is when this is when this really gets fun, right? Like the season has been good up until now, but this is when the season really gets fun. Yeah, I mean, if people were, have been on the edge of their chairs up until now, uh, wait till this last month. Uh, it's going to be. It's going to be fun. They've got a tough stretch of nine games coming up. This is, you know, this kind of uh, is uh, is it. They get through uh, this stretch against Boston, Cleveland, and and Washington. They still have Cleveland and Washington after that, I think. But uh, but that, but mm-hmm. most of it will be against the other teams in the Central Division, so uh, whom they've handled fairly well. So this is a big stretch right now. So right as they play the Red Sox, Cleveland. And then I believe they play host in a three-game series to the Nationals here, and then go to Cleveland. What are you going to to be watching for? Starting pitching, bullpen, because it's great to beat Detroit and Chicago, but for most of those games, it's hard to get a, a, def, a definitive read on things. And we know that the Twins can flat out hit. Uh, but what type of things will you be watching for as they are playing teams that uh, are above five hundred, and in many cases in playoff contention themselves? Right, and it's it's all going to be about starting pitching, I think, and 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 how the guys uh, continue to pitch. You know, they went through a little uh, lull. Uh, Pineda and Odorizzi came back and, and pitched uh, two real good ball games. So we'll uh, we'll see if they can uh, if Barrios can get straightened out and and they can continue pitching well against uh, against it, it clearly uh, better offenses that they're going to see here in the next. I guess it's 12 games because you're right. I think they have Cleveland on the road right after they have Cleveland at home. So, or uh, Cleveland and Washington at home. So, um, it's it's all about pitching. It's always about. Pitching. <laughs> and since it is always about pitching, what do you think about the decision to go with Randy Dobnek for this spot start tonight and and give Jose Barrios that extra day of rest? Well, you know they know uh, they've. I think they've got a pretty good feeling about uh, about what they want to do with. Uh, with Barrios, and I, I think they, my my suspicion is that it was an extra intense bullpen session 
trying to get a, a better feel for the mechanics that will allow him to not only have a little bit better velocity than he's had, but uh, but have better command, especially of his fastball. And and so I I I, I also don't know this for sure, but I would expect uh, Dobnek maybe a time through the uh, through the order if they if he can get through the order one time, uh, we might see. Uh, Smelter or you know somebody else. We might see a, a bit of a parade after that. I, this this sounds feels to me like a uh, opener uh, kind of thing with Dobnek. Exactly, uh, Roy. What did you make of and and your thoughts on Brios' start last week against the White Sox? I, I heard some people were pretty optimistic. Some thought it was good, but just a first step. As you watched that start, what did you think of how Brios looked after what had been such a uh, bad August up until then? Yeah, I, I think first step, good first step. I, yeah, again, a little bit a la Miguel Sano at the plate, uh, changing mechanics um, mid-season. Um, Jose Brios is uh, is not completely changing, but uh, he is getting back to the mechanics where he uh, that where he was when he was successful. This has been this is kind of an ongoing issue for Jose because he's got a lot of torque in his body. He's very strong legs, very strong core, and he tends to when he wants to throw the ball harder or in uh, intense situations, he he coils up more over the rubber in other words turns more away from the line of flight of the ball and then has a hard time getting back uh your body kind of knows where you are and and so it it, you tend to uh a pitcher will tend to fly open you know too much uh trying to get back on track and what they're i think what they're trying to do is get his hips get him not rotating so much and uh Either either direction, and get his hips more square to the line of flight of the ball of the ball as he as he delivers, rather than rather than flying way open. And and he was better in Chicago. And my suspicion is they had a, as I said, they had a pretty good bullpen session. Give him to work on that. Gave him an extra day uh, because really it's you know it's all about Barrios down the stretch. I mean, whether this game. That Dobnik is—they're uh, all important. Yep. But what's more important is the uh, the next three or four starts for uh, Barrios. Let's stay with that starting rotation, Roy, and and move to Martin Perez. Do you think the the roller coaster that he's been over his last handful of starts is what we should what we should expect from him down the stretch? And is that something that the Twins can live with in the month of September? Do they have to explore other options? Do you think? You know, I'm not sure. He pitched so well. Um, against uh, Milwaukee in Milwaukee and then came back uh, against the Tigers and pitched well at home uh, and I was at, I was uh, doing that, uh, that game as a matter of fact in the in the booth and and I had seen the game in Milwaukee and he was totally different he was throwing fa- a lot of fastballs throwing it hard 95 uh, miles an hour using his changeup and then the the uh, cutter he was using as a 0-2-1-2 pitch uh, he wasn't Trying to throw it for strikes so much, uh, and really, really weak contact in uh, Milwaukee. Really weak contact uh, against the Tigers at home, and uh, then all of a sudden, kind of inexplicably, after three really good innings, you're throwing basically fastball changeup. He started throwing a lot of cutters to Detroit. They scored two quick runs, uh, you know, to make the game interesting before the Twins put that away. And and I think. I, I think he falls in love with that with that cutter, and and um, the the twins have basically said, look, 
he he says I've got to, you know I've got a max effort to throw the ball ninety five ninety six and I think the Twins have said go ahead and do that we'll worry about the innings I mean if you, if that means only five innings we'll take it you know do whatever he has to you have to do to throw the ball hard and and I I think he he gets into a rhythm where he he thinks the cutter is a, a pitch that he can throw for strikes and get people out and that tends not to be the case and so we'll we'll just have to see. What his what his strategy is in terms of his stuff and how he how he gets tries to get hitters out. So, Roy, off that point, uh, I've got, got a question for you about coaching and philosophies as well, because it does seem like guys and in baseball this has to be a tough thing, but it seems like guys fall in love with swings or adjustments get tough to make, or as you're saying in Martin Perez's case, pitches. How difficult is that to trust pe- people? I mean, because you know Martin Perez basically in the spring started to throw the cutter and it was tremendously successful for probably what two or three months and and then it doesn't work as well and clearly the twins are now trying to correct that and Perez in to your point might be saying oh no but I like this pitch how difficult does that get to be as a player when a coaching staff comes to you and essentially says you need to adjust this but it's adjusting away from something that you potentially like a lot that's hard it is it's very hard he believes uh, in that cutter, and you know, most most pitchers who throw it um, really like it. They really think it's a it's a a whole new pitch uh, for them. And my position is, uh, if you're, it's the best pitch in baseball. If your name is Mariano Rivera, and if your name's not <laughs> Mariano Rivera, it's one of the worst pitches in the, in baseball because it's like a batting practice fastball if you don't throw it in the perfect spot and. You tend not to control it as well. See, here's the deal. Uh, for Martin Perez as a left-hander, there are two spots for the cutter. After showing guys 95-mile-an-hour fastballs from the middle of the plate to the inside corner, then you throw the cutter, which is 89 or 90, for the inside corner and break it uh, into uh, on a guy's fist. Or occasionally first ball pitch or want to know if you've got great control of it, you can throw it outside and bring it back on the corner. You know, the, the, that's the way uh, the cutter is best used, where it's it goes from looking like a strike uh, at, on the inside corner, and guys start to swing at it, and then it saws them off. That's and and he was doing that early in the season, and people started people started adjust, adjusting to that because if you throw if you can't throw it perfectly in there, and if guys take it. Then you have to throw the ball over the plate. You get behind, you have to throw it over the plate. And here's what pitchers think. Well, they must be looking for a fastball. It's, it's 1-0 and or it's 2-0. and They're probably looking for a fastball. So I'll throw, I'll throw him the cutter because that's not a fastball. The problem is the cutter in the middle of the plate is like a fastball. It's like a real slow fastball relative to what the hitter thinks he's going to get. And it speeds up their bats, and, and it, it's not an effective pitch. So... I've I've always I've always felt like cutters and sliders are great when you don't absolutely have to throw a strike with them. When you're okay with this being, uh, if it's not perfect being a ball, uh, then then they're real good pitches. If you if you just want to throw something different than a fastball in the middle of the plate, not so good. Roy, your uh, first impressions of Bruzdar Gratterall and how how dangerous a weapon do you think he can be for the, for this Twins bullpen down the stretch? Well, you know, I, I think the main thing is if a guy throws 100 miles an hour, you've got my interest. <laughs> <laughs> well put. That's a pretty solid and philosophy, it, yeah. 
And so, I mean, you know, it's all about command, and it's all about having another pitch, and, you know, all that stuff, uh, all those kinds of things. But if you throw 92 and you're worried about that, or you throw 100 and you're worried about those other things, I mean, 100's better. I mean, that's that's better. So, but it's not so hard for big league hitters that if they know that's all you got, if they know that they can spit on anything else you try to throw up there because you can't throw it over enough, you can't throw it too hard. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced you couldn't shoot some of these big league hitters. You could, you could shoot out of a cannon and they'd, they'd adjust to it. And, and uh, so speed is not as much of a, uh, a problem if you've only got one pitch. But it's so intriguing. I mean, that arm is so intriguing that uh, it, it's deserving of a, of a shot maybe in some – you know, here early on, some less stressful situations. See, let him get his feet under him, and uh, find out that his stuff works at this level just like it worked in Double A, and and then maybe see how he progresses. So, like I say, I mean, you, you have piqued my interest <laughs> with a hundred miles an hour. You're potentially buying. Um, a concern I I want to run past you, Roy, r- regarding Byron Buxton. Uh, he came back and has been activated now, which is not a big deal because September 1st, obviously, we have the 40-man rosters. Uh, but he played defensively in the ninth inning on Sunday at Detroit. And I'm going to tell you right now, with how important I deem him to potentially be in the playoffs, and the Twins fully admit that I think he can run and can play defense but can't swing yet, I would really like to see him bubble-wrapped until he can swing, partially because I don't trust him. And if he goes out there in the ninth, I think in his mind he thinks, whatever I have to do to prove my worth, I'll do. To me, that this seems like it's potentially inviting problems here. I would really shut him down until he can swing. And once he can swing, bring him back. But until then, this defensive replacement thing, I have no doubt that he can make a great catch. My fear is that he'll make that catch by crashing into a fence again, and now we're potentially, with his injury history, back to point one. What do you think yeah, of that? I think that's, I think that's a great, uh, great point. Uh, and because, because you know, we know what his personality is like. And, and I think you've hit it right on the head about him being out there in the ninth and feeling like a closer, right? I mean, if I'm going to be out here, I got to save the day. I mean, they they put me out here so the day will be saved if if something's hitting a gap somewhere or over my head or or whatever. And we know that about him. So I think your fear is absolutely well founded. Uh, um, but you know, at some point in time, you you got to get back to you got to get back to playing, even you know, even on even on defense, and and so. I, it's just like telling him, you know, don't run into the fence or don't dive for a ball. He's going to do that, and at some point in time, I, I, I guess you just you just have to hope. I I I, I hear your your concern. I, I really do. It's it's a real risk to to put him out there. There's there's no question about it. That's Roy Smalley, the former twin. Catch him on the Fox Sports North broadcast of First Place Twins Baseball, and our guest every Tuesday right here on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Always appreciate it, Roy. We'll talk next week. See you, Roy. Talk to you next week. There's Roy Smalley on Mackie and Judd with Rami. All right, I need uh, I need you guys to. Apparently, Alex Rodriguez said some things that we're going to get into next. Last yeah. night or two nights ago was it <laughs> yeah, Sunday night baseball? No, it was I last am night. Oblivious to this. You haven't heard this at all. I haven't. No, I've just been in a cave Good. all day. Good. I want your honest and raw reaction to okay. what Alex, what came <laughs> out of Alex Rodriguez's face last night. It was right. 
absolutely preposterous. Okay. We'll do uh, we'll do that when we come back to Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Luther Brookdale Toyota has been a friend of this platform, Score North, and previously uh, fifteen hundred ESPN for a long time. And my family and I have been going to this place for thirty plus years. When you support Luther Brookdale Toyota, you support the Mackie and Judd with Rami show. You support my family. So if you uh, if you want to support my family, you can support. Luther Brookdale Toyota, I guess is what I'm saying. The brand new 2019 RAV4 XLE that I've been driving for three or four months now is the best car I've ever had. I actually look forward to when it snows. Now, this will be the first time I have four-wheel drive and a bunch of great safety features. Bring on 12 inches of snow. That's right. <laughs> Don't do I that. said it. Don't do that. It's September. It can happen at any oh, time. Are you dude. guilting it people happen now tomorrow. asking for more Join snow the club, in this endorsement? Yeah. Join the club. It can happen at any time. I want to trudge Welcome. through with my safety features. This is, like, this is like when Judd was happy that the Indians took the lead at the ALS Center. Like, we finally got yeah. a raise. <laughs> oh, I was. You know what? A motivation. Suspense and excitement. It was, you know it was motivation. And much like Kirby Puckett, you can hop on my back or hop on my RAV4 XLE and, and the four-wheel can drive and safety features. Yeah. Are you offering free rides? Yeah. Well, maybe not free. Rami, we get free rides you. from now on. Yeah. Nice. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. 4.45 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. And we got the news today. We got the news of who was being released by the Vikings to make way for new wide receiver Josh Dotson. And it's the name kind of out of the blue for the Vikings. It was center Brett Jones. He's been released. The Vikings get rid of another offensive lineman out the door so they can get in former Washington wide receiver Josh Dotson. Let us know your thoughts on whether you're excited about Josh Dotson, you're disappointed that you're getting rid of offensive line depth after what they went through last year. Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. We're here on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com, and the Score North mobile app. You guys think Alex Rodriguez is uh, good at his job? I'm fine with him. You are? In I'm the booth? Both as a studio analyst and in the booth? I'm f- I'm fine with him more as a studio analyst. Okay. I enjoy him. He, he works for both Fox and Fox ESPN, Fox and right? ESPN, yes. He I was really... so good that they had a bidding war over him, and then in the end decided, you know what? Yeah. Let's just share him. He's that good. We should just share him. Yeah. Neither of us should be without A-Rod. I'm not offended. He's a lightning rod kind of a guy. I'm not offended by him. I don't watch him doing studio analyst work because him and Pete Rose on a screen at the same time just makes me want to vomit. It makes all the baseball. The Fox Studio Show is actually not bad. It makes yeah, me Pete to... Rose has been off that for a couple of years now. Yeah. Has he? You can go back now. Can I? It's been Poppy. Right. It's been Poppy. Big Hurt. A-Rod. And then who? Kevin Burkhart. Yeah, Kevin Burkhart. Who's actually great. really good. Yeah. It's I... not bad, but... I will say this. In the booth, he is so that bad. That Sunday night crew, I'm not a fan of. He is so bad. I just don't like I don't like the crew. I, I don't think it works. It feels very forced. So it's Vascursion. Yes. Okay. Jessica Mendoza. Yeah. And, and A-Rod. And, and A-Rod. And it feels it feel it does not feel like it's an actual. A few weeks ago thing. I said some not so nice things about A-Rod in the booth on Twitter, and I got barraged with people who were defending him and saying, No, he's really good at what he does. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, now I have this to play every time those people come at me about Alex Rodriguez. I, I just love the bunt here. I love getting him over to third base, making the okay. game three to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. 
Keep it simple. What? Ball and two strikes. What? Vaskurgeon completely on. ducked out, too. Vaskurgeon ducks out completely. They all did. They're just like, uh, we're not stepping in that so, 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 so the team that was supposed to bunt there was up by one run. Which, by the way, I don't know the situation, but it was probably a bad idea to bunt. Just going to go out on a limb and say... But that doesn't even matter. Alex Rodriguez is wrong well, about that. Well, Let's start there. What, what did he say? Play that again. What did he say that was factually incorrect here? Play it again. I, I just love the bunt here. I love getting him over to third base, making the game three to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not beat you. Where's it? Keep it simple. What did, what, Ball and two strikes. What's incorrect about what he just said? Even leads are better than odd leads? I so mean, a two-run lead is better than a three-run lead? A four-run lead is better than a three-run like lead. It's like hockey. A five-run lead is the worst lead you can have, right? A five-run lead is better Archie than a four. Uh, better than a four-three lead. What? I, I think you're. I think you're projecting things that he did not say onto Arod. You're saying that he said a two-run lead is better than a three-run lead. No, he did he not said, say that. He said you always want an odd number lead. Yeah. You never no, want an even no, number lead. You always lead. want an even number lead. Yeah, never makes, want an odd number yeah. lead. It makes no sense. Yeah, it makes zero re- sense. You'd rather have a two-run lead than a one-run lead, and you'd rather have a four-run lead than a three-run lead. But I'd rather have a five-run lead than a four-run. Lead. I don't know. Psychologically, <laughs> keeps you in the game. But the best part is the end where he says, he says keep, keep it, it simple. Because Vaskurgeon, Vaskurgeon must have given him that announcer blank look about, what did you just say? <laughs> you guys are being too hard on him. What are he's you just, talking about? He's that just was having complete fun. and total nonsense. He's having fun. That was complete <laughs> and utter. I hope you're right. He said, I no, hope let, right. let's go through the facts. Please play he's it again, Jonathan. Said, let's go through the facts. Okay. Go ahead. I, I just love the bunt here. I love getting him over to third base, making the okay. game three to one. You always want even leads versus odd leads. Why? The solo home run doesn't tie it, and the grand slam does not <laughs> beat you. I'm. You know what? Keep it simple. I'm at Ball and two strikes. <laughs> Ball and two strikes. That's I'm the best the- part. Vaskersen just like moving on. It, Ball it, and two strikes. Vaskersen moving on like Anthony Lapanta when when Bert, uh, when Bert swore. I went back and watched that. We got a couple we nights ago. We got to do ago. this bleeping thing in because I just bleeped it up. <laughs> and get and oh, we're live. And Lapanta goes. And Tory Hunter was two for three. And what night. was and what was Bert voicing at that point? A highlight of whom? Uh, Derek Jeter, or Alex, Alex Rodriguez. Rodriguez. That's right. <laughs> it all full circle. Rami, are you are you are you yeah. privy to this? Oh thing? yeah, I okay. remember that. Oh, yeah, that God. went viral. That was everywhere. <laughs> that was amazing. And by the way, Burt Blylevin told Joe Lapanta to. What did he say? He said, "Up yours, up Joe. yours, Anthony." Yeah, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Up yours, Anthony. Because yeah. Anthony, Anthony, made, what t- talked about the home run mark that Burt gave up? I think in '87, right? Yeah, Fifty home for the home run yeah. mark, and then he tried to say, "But you pitched all these innings or something." And Anthony says, "Thanks a lot. Yeah, up yours, Burt." <laughs> but let's not let's not get off a rod here. We need to focus on that buffoonery. Just saying, I think you're being too hard on. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic I'm more, right now? I'm more offended by the fact that A-Rod, who hit 600-plus home runs, wants to Is telling to somebody bunt. to lay down a bunt. I yeah. think of all the things he just said there, the fact that he wants someone to bunt is the most annoying thing How to me. How is an even number lead better than an odd number lead? A two-run lead is better than a one-run lead. And a five-run lead is better than a four-run lead. I okay. can keep well, doing this with you. We don't have to flush it out that far. Yeah, but a six-run lead is better than a five-run lead. By the way, exactly. A eight-run lead is better than a seven-run lead. The yeah. number two is an even number. You can lose on a grand slam if you're up by two. But not a solo I'm just, homer. Do, I'm just doing not, the math here. But not a solo homer. <laughs> the hell is he talking about? And Who then he knows? wraps and then he wraps it all up by saying, keep it simple. You just talk circles around yourself, dude, and then said keep it simple. He said keep it simple because poor Vaskurgeon must have looked at A-Rod like he had three eyes. No, that's his thing. That's what he's always preaching simple. is keep it simple. 
Alex Rodriguez in studio. I'm going to tell, tell you right now, playoff baseball, you've got to go watch him. It's not that bad. It's remarkable. I think in the booth, he's, he's not a train wreck, but he's not very good. But at the desk, he's not bad. I think maybe you guys just uh, aren't thinking on the same level as A-Rod. I hope not. I hope I'm not. Yeah, that'd <laughs> yeah. be scary if I was. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Randy in Cottage Grove. Hey, Randy, how was your state fair? I I didn't go. What? Why not, Randy? I I thought about it, and there was too much going on, and it was too stressful of a week. What do you mean there was too? It's the it's the Minnesota State Fair. It was seventy and sunny every day. I, I, I ain't talking about the weather. I'm talking about cut downs. And wondering who's going to make this, this squad, and 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 as you know, we made a big big time decision over the weekend, and I'm not happy about it. You mean uh, the decision to to bring in Josh Doxson as a number four wide receiver? Oh, he's good. He's a stud. No, he'll be he'll be great, and then Kirk will be be giving him a good amount of touches. I'm talking about the decision to cut, and I'm not happy. Okay, don't don't don't, don't let the don't 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 let the four day work week make you think I'm I'm you know jazzed about a quick week of work here. I am focused <laughs> on making this team better for the long run. And I was ready for a franchise quarterback to be in our system. And we scooped him up. I called you guys the day we got him from Denver. I called you. Do you remember that? And I said, we got a guy, a guy by the name of Kyle Slaughter. He's a stud. He's got a cannon. He's got legs. And the best thing he's got is a set of huevos. He can run. He can scramble. He can make all the throws. And he's got the stones to make them. Okay, they don't just grow on trees, and Wait, we cut him off. Huevos don't grow on trees. Quarterbacks like this, Jeff, don't grow. Don't, do not grow on trees. Okay, Kyle Slaughter is a stud. Kyle, if you're listening, you, we we give you, we hosed you. Okay, we gave you the short shrift. We didn't give you the fair shakes. You you tell me, anyone who looked at those preseason games, you tell me who looked better. Was it Kyle Slaughter? Or is it Sean? I don't even care what his name is because if, if Kirk gets hurt, we're done. If Kirk gets hurt, this team is toast. Okay? We, we let a, a known commodity walk away for nothing. And I, and, you don't, and I did the tape and I did the work. Okay? When I first time I saw him play in college, he came into his first game. Look up the story. He comes in, scores seven touchdowns, and I looked at that and I was snug. And that's before the draft. Okay? And then Denver has a. The, the, the lunacy to cut him loose, and we grab him. And I said, here we go. I've been on this guy since day one, and this is only a matter of time before the legend of Kyle Slaughter grows here in Minnesota. And what do we do? We cut him loose for nothing? I am so upset. I ain't, I ain't even – I have never had this much anger towards Rick, towards Zim, because you know you got a voice in this, Zim. You said he didn't practice well. well BS, Okay. You just watch what happens. If Kirk gets hurt, you just watch what happens. And meanwhile, you better be ready. You better be ready, Rick, to be torched by a guy who's going to now have a chip on his shoulder the size of your practice facility in Egypt. Okay? I am not happy. I am going into this season in a bad place. And we made a big-time mistake. Watch the tape. Is this? I had questions for Rand. Is he this it? Up? What do you mean? Yeah, he's gone. 
No, I mean, is this it for Randy? And, Randy's done with the Vikings? And the Vikings. He did actually, the day they got Slaughter, he did actually call, and he was excited. You know, yesterday I was uh, wondering who would pay $32 for a Slaughter House t-shirt, which you can get oh, at KyleSlaughter.com. just get an answer? <laughs> There's our guy I right there. Yeah, I think we got I think he was wearing one when he made the he phone call. He just bought them all. He did show up to the state fair, was it three years ago? Yeah. Wearing Randy did? full-on Zubas. <laughs> And a Brett Favre jersey, right? Attaboy. Was it Favre? I thought it was Favre. Yeah. And, and he, he came him, up to the microphone. Yeah. Does anybody know where I can got I can buy Zubas? Oh yeah. yeah. Zubas are making a big comeback. Are they? Like can it's I go to a Zubas. store and get Zubas? Zubas? They start in Minnesota? Yeah, go, I need, to, go to Zubas.com right now. There's by, a whole new set. I need a pair by Thursday. Wait, why? Well they're made in Minnesota, so you should be good. Are they really? I think so. I didn't know they why were. Why do you need a Minnesota? pair by Thursday? Bears colored Zubas, is that what you're going for? Yeah, are you rocking okay. them to work? Yeah. yeah. i I think I might. What are the stakes gonna be on this show during the two Bears Vikings weeks? You know what's gonna have to happen. I'm Ooh. gonna be super annoying. I have a Bears shirt for every day of the week. Oh. Yeah. For my time. Do you do you iron them and set them up the night before too? I do set them up. I don't iron because I just sweat out wrinkles. <laughs> I like I it. On a daily basis, if I'm wearing a wrinkled shirt, the the wrinkles are going to get sweated out. But I do I I do uh, lay out the night before my Bears shirt for the following day. Is Randy okay? Should we be concerned about him? It sounded like he might have been driving, and that makes me nervous. And it makes me yeah. Guessing that he's not a hands free guy either. Okay. And I'm guessing that that there might have been something in the drink container, which really oh concerns me. Randy, Randy, if you could tweet that you're okay. Not, not while, while you're in your car. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, let's not, <laughs> not, not go for the hat trick. <laughs> Cram session is coming up next year on Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North. Ooh, they have Zuba's like uh, leggings, like yoga pants. You don't need those, <laughs> Rami. Don't do it. They're, they're licensed to let go. You're better off getting a Zuba Zuba's tattooed all over your legs. You lost like 150 pounds, I think these right? Are both 135. Okay, you don't don't let yourself go here, Rami. Okay. If the Vikings beat the Bears in both games, yeah. you have to get one of your legs tattooed in Zuba's colors. <laughs> I will make a bet with you. Now, something has to be coming back my way if the Bears should sweep the season series between the two teams. Okay. I'll wear Vikings Zuba's leggings to work one day if the Vikings can win both games against the Bears. Okay. Verbally bonded. That's an excuse not to wear real bonds. I need need reciprocation. I, I want this to happen. I need reciprocation, though. What are you guys doing for He's me? He's trying not to wear real pants to work. Should the Bears sweep it? Oh, uh, well, they're pants. Just not good ones no, for no. him. Okay, we'll think of something. All right. Okay, we'll think, we'll think of something. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about TCL TVs for gonna look so a good brief in moment here. We're back in studio after uh, a great week and a half at the Minnesota State Fair. And we've got our 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TVs in here that are just blasting entertainment options in our face. 5,000-plus streaming channels, 500,000-plus... got Zuba's overalls. <laughs> TV shows, movies. Overalls? Yes, overalls. Let's see it. How does it even work? Can you send that to Let's see it. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, God, help us. Wow, those are amazing. Well, that's aggressive. Look at that. That's aggressive. Actually, those, those Zuba's overalls in 4K picture quality... <laughs> Will singe your eyeballs. So there are some cases where TCL is the wrong TV to have, and it would be if those Zubas overalls are on the screen. You can check out TCL TVs at any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities, or go to TCLUSA.com to find out more. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.